Welcome to these Bible lessons on the Old Testament. In these lessons, we'll cover God's magnificent creation of all the world, including the creation of man, the crown of God's creation. We'll follow with the sad fall of man in paradise and the consequences this brought to the world. In the continuing lessons, we'll teach how God visits men with the revelation of His covenant of grace. When we travel together through the entire Old Testament, we see God visiting His nation of Israel with revelations of this covenant of grace, pointing constantly to the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. Welcome to our lesson series on Old Testament Bible history. In this lesson, we're going to consider the creation of the crown jewel of God's creation, the creation of man. You can read about this along with us in Genesis 2 from your Bible. In this lesson, please look for the following five things. Who is the creator? Who was created? How he was created? Where this creation was placed? And finally, what the task and the test given to man was. So first, before we begin, I have a couple of questions for you. If you try to feel your pulse, you can feel that, you can feel your heart beating, and just by thinking, are you able to make your heart beat any faster or any slower? No, of course not. And have you ever been to the beach where you've created a sand sculpture? If you have, more than likely you've begun by creating some legs and then added a body to it and finally a neck and a head, tried to create some eyes and a mouth and a nose. What would your thoughts be if someone came up alongside your sand sculpture, knelt down, breathed into your sand sculpture's nose, and then your sand sculpture stood up and began to walk? That is the way that God created man. In the Bible it says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So right away we are introduced to who the creator is. And that is, once again, the word us tells us that God is a trinity. There's three persons, but there's one person. We're going to have to set aside that idea of the trinity for now, and we can deal with it at a different time. But God is involved in the creation of man as God the Father. He is involved in the creation of man as the Son, and also involved as the Spirit. And so with everything else, the word of God sounded, let there be, and those things just appeared. But now with the creation of man, God says, let us make. So it right away shows us that God, uh, God created man in a relationship with him. He wanted a very personal relationship with man. And so we ought to pay extra attention to this. Let's look at who was created very shortly. Well, Adam was created. The first man was created. Adam means earth, and it's a reminder from where we come from and where we will all return. 
Third, let's look at how Adam was made. Everything else in creation simply appeared at God's command. But here with Adam, God was very involved with forming and shaping him out of the dust of the earth. And then finally, just in a moment, he breathed life into, them with, life into him with his Holy Spirit. And man became a living soul. Man became alive. Many years later, Elihu in the book of Job tells us that the breath of the Almighty has given me life. So there's no evolution here involved whatsoever. The second thing we can learn about how Adam was created is that he was made into a living soul. Have you heard that word before? A soul? A soul is simply who you are. It is your heart. It's your innermost being. It's all the things you think about, that you desire, that you love. And the soul is not a physical thing, but yet it is very tightly connected with your physical body. They will only be separated at death. And the soul will never die. The soul will always live. And at death, then, the souls of the righteous will be welcomed by God into heaven, and the souls of the wicked will be sent away into hell. The third thing we learn about how Adam was made is that he was made in God's image. God, of course, being invisible and a spirit, it pleased him to put man as a picture of himself in the garden. Man was made as God's representative on earth, and so there was this very close relationship. There was opportunity for Adam to speak with God, to worship him, to speak with him as a friend speaks. So we've looked at how Adam was created. Let's look at where Adam was placed. If you read the creation account, you can note and conclude that God first created the garden, then he created man and placed him into the garden. So God placed him into the garden as his representative. There were rivers there that met in the middle, four of them, and everything, everything there was, um, everything that was necessary for life was in the garden. It, it's also called paradise. It was a beautiful park that had neatness and beauty and order. It re really reflected some of the characteristics of who God is. God is also beautiful. He's holy. He's a God of order. There is wisdom and neatness. And so by placing a picture of himself in this garden, God is showing that he is very pleased and happy to have man in a relationship with him on this earth and to continue his work. Next, let's look at the task that was given to Adam. A task or a job, in the words of the Bible, was to dress it and to keep it. That was Adam's work. It was to dress and keep the garden and to continue God's work. Work is then a gift from God. Work is a good thing. And so Adam was able to use his creative energy and to continue to make things that animals couldn't. He had to pick the fruit. There was no weeds there for him to pick as there was no corruption in creation yet. Also, uh, his job is 
described as subduing creation and having dominion over it. There was another task that was given to Adam as well. And if you look with me, you can see all of the animals that God created at this point had no name. And so they all line up and they come to Adam in pairs. And Adam is given the wisdom by God to give every single one of these animals the name that they should have. There were no threats here. All of these animals lived in peace. And through this exercise, Adam realized that he was very alone. In fact, that's something that God wanted him to realize. Because earlier, God had said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And so God was using this exercise of naming animals in part to remind Adam that he was alone. And so he caused Adam to fall asleep. And while Adam was sleeping, God took a rib out of his side, and out of that rib he formed a woman. And after waking Adam up, he brought this woman to Adam. After meeting her, Adam was very happy because he realized this woman was a perfect match for him. She was a perfect helper. This is the first marriage. Adam sings a song. He says, this woman is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So every time that a young man and a young woman leave the homes of their parents and join together in marriage, they are following the pattern that God has set out for us already in paradise. Now there is also a test that is given to Adam and the woman. The test involves two trees. The first tree is called the tree of life. We won't deal with that in this lesson. The second tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the friendship, the relationship, the obedience that Adam and the woman enjoyed was going to be tested. In fact, God said, you may not eat, this eat the fruit of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, and if you do, if you disobey, the penalty is going to be that you will surely die. But if you obey me, he said, then the promise will be eternal life. That's the topic for our next lesson this test of obedience or disobedience. So now you might ask, well, that's the creation of the first man and also the first woman. What, what is its message for me? Why does it matter to me today? How can I use this in my life? Well, there's several things we should note, and let's just go through them. The first thing is that you and I were created to be in a perfect relationship with God, and through sin we have lost that. The second thing is that God has made us with a real purpose, and the purpose that we were created for was to worship and to enjoy Him. And so, when we don't do that today, it's a constant reminder for us that we're missing the purpose for which God created us. The third thing that is important to notice is that God gave Adam the privilege of naming all the animals. God could have, of course, done that himself. So there is a reason that he gave that privilege to Adam. You probably remember if you brought a pet home, the time that you gave it a name. 
when you name something that shows and tells us that you have authority over it. Not authority like a boss, but uh, authority as one who cares for someone else. And so marriage is like a picture then of, of the spiritual relationship that Christ has with his church. And so in a relationship between a husband and a wife, that is compared to being the relationship of Christ and this church. That's why Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. That means that husbands have to love their wives because they have authority over them. Not like a boss, of course, but as one who lovingly cares for another, like Christ lovingly cares for his church. Jesus, in the Gospel of Matthew, also calls himself the bridegroom and calls the church the bride. The fourth thing that we can notice in this creation of Adam and the first woman is that Adam was the first man. He is sometimes also called the first Adam. So this would suggest to us that there is a second Adam or a last Adam. Did you know that the name the last Adam is simply another name for the Lord Jesus Christ? That's why in 1 Corinthians 15, these two are so tightly connected, Adam and the Lord Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, the text reads, The first Adam was made a living soul, but the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. And so, that means that the first Adam was made a living person, but the last Adam was made into a spirit that gives life. The first Adam is the Adam from creation, and he was made alive. God breathed life into him. The last Adam is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is a spirit that gives life to others. So the first Adam was made alive, and the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, makes others to live. In conclusion, I hope that you'll pick up your Bibles and read Psalm 1. In Psalm 1, you're going to read about a man who lived for God day and night. He lived for God according to the purpose for which he was made. The rest of the psalm is also going to introduce us to those who don't live for God. You and I are not able to live for the purpose for which we were created. We need the Lord Jesus to restore us into the right relationship with him. We are going to learn in our next video about in more detail the test that Adam and Eve were given and how they failed that test. But that's a lesson for our next video.